Hey marketers, this is the Girls in Marketing podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We are so excited to get started with the episode. Just before we do, we want to give you a little introduction to who we are and what we do. Girls in Marketing is an e-learning platform and online community. We are on a mission to bridge the digital skills gap and equalize gender seniority in marketing. Right, that's enough chat. Let's get into the episode. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to make a quick mention of Monday.com's annual online conference, The Elevate Show, which is happening on the 3rd of November. The day will be packed with expert talks about how to become super efficient and improve your workflow, as well as lots of product masterclasses, practical customer stories, insights from the Monday.com leadership team, and much more. It's completely free to sign up and attend both virtually and on demand. You can register for free. Just click the link in the show notes of this episode. And welcome back to the Girls in Marketing podcast. We are back with another snack episode. And today we've got the team here talking about all things influencer marketing. So today we wanted to talk about influencer marketing as a concept, share some thoughts on influencers that we like, any brand influencer partnerships that we like. And yeah, basically just open up the floor to talk about the concept in general, what we like about it, what we don't. Um, And yeah, we'd love to for you to listen in and share your thoughts with us after the episode as well. So putting out to you guys, as consumers, how much do you think you guys are actually influenced by influencers? I reckon a lot. This is quite a fun question. (laughs) Yeah, I think all the time, I'll be honest. I think think everyone is, but we're just more aware because we're marketers. Mm. And actually, yeah, that's true. Interested to know, for you guys, when did it start? Because for me, influence marketing- Zoella era. Came into my life (laughs) the same time as Zoella did, let's be honest. (laughs) Um, So what, 20... I don't know, what, 2013 yeah. maybe? Yeah, 2012, 2012 2013. 2013. Like Charlotte Tilbury, Lipstick. Yeah. Um, Mac. Mac. Like all the Mac. Yeah. Because do you remember oh. there was a period of time where all these like MUAs from Mac would then go on to have YouTube channels yeah. and like teach us how to do makeup. And I just loved it. Just loved <laughs> I it. think I that like was... I missed that kind of era, yeah. you know. That's your age, Kira. I think I missed it as well. And I think it's <laughs> my age in the other direction. Yeah. I think you two are like in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, it is interesting. They think about it now. I know we were talking about it the other day in the office, but yeah. we were saying like, it's so strange because that is probably my earliest memory of influence marketing. Me too, 100%. The, that kind of like gang of YouTubers that is like, you know, Zoella and Alfie D and like Louise Pentland and all that I'm looking at you Martha because you are a Louise <laughs> Pentland like, fan do you like Louise <laughs> shout out Louise Pentland um, and I think like that is my earliest memory of mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. influencer marketing but at the time I don't really know if I knew I was being influenced no. as much as maybe I, I would now I think it because possibly professional wise yeah. being in the marketing space but also like being a child or well a younger person yeah. you would think oh like Zoella's got it was collection perfection yeah, yeah. Concealer. But also, I don't feel like it was necessarily like you are being influenced you should mm. buy this. It was more authentic and it was more, I am using yeah. this. Mm. You, like, and you just wanted it because it they had it like, and you liked them. Yeah. Yeah. Like because the profession it. wasn't even really no. born. Like yeah. they, there was no that, such thing as a There was no such exactly thing. Like they that. were the first people to kind of like monetize yeah. this community mm-hmm. and work with brands to kind of sell products. It was yeah. like, wasn't even a thing. So mm-hmm. yeah. that was definitely when it first came onto my radar as soon as it was happening really. And mm-hmm. like you say, you didn't know it was happening at the time. 
time but now yeah it's become much more defined mm. yeah, yeah I think I was the same mine weren't the same YouTubers necessarily but my first experience of kind of influencer type people was on YouTube because I think that kind of the likes of Instagram obviously TikTok wasn't around and Instagram back then was very much like a platform for interacting with your friends really mm. like that had not been kind of that hadn't evolved into what it is now for creators so I used to follow people on YouTube like a lot of American makeup artists not that you would know but <laughs> I used to love watching them do their makeup but then not do my own um and then also a lot of kind of UK fitness content creators mm. so like Grace Fit UK before she went Grace Beverly Zana Van before Dyke before she's a powerhouse yeah, she's now. A, lot, a lot of people in that kind of fitness um space but yeah, I think that you're right. It was that thing of like, we were being influenced, but not necessarily from the perspective of like them, you know, monetizing this kind of concept. And you weren't necessarily being being kind of told to get something that was like ad. And also probably back in those days, even thing, even if things were ads or they were sponsored, the rules around it the were still evolving. Yeah, weren't there. yeah. yeah so yeah. We prob- like that could have that yeah. could have been happening, but it wasn't as clear as it has to be now, and that sort of thing. But yeah. that that was definitely my first experience. But even now, like you say, Kira, maybe we're more aware of it because we're marketers. Mm-hmm. But even still, and even if like someone I like says like full ad everywhere, this is an ad. Mm-hmm. If I like them, and if they're reviewing it well, and if I, it looks good, like I'm still fully like influence see I'm just like I see that word ad and I'm just like lies 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 and I know that's bad but that's that's even if you know it's genuine though how do I know it's genuine for example obviously um, Amy was saying about like fitness influencers and we Mm -hmm. spoke about before but like Saffron Barker with Mm -hmm. Mm Gymshark you know that's genuine yeah would if she did hashtag ads if Saffron Barker did hashtag ads with Gymshark would you think lies or is it only when you see an influencer do something that maybe isn't as genuine yeah it's not like it's not to be fair I feel like I feel I think lies when I see when it's clear that a brand has just been like oh let's pump some money into influencer marketing you get money, you get an ad, you get an ad, you get an ad. Do you know what I mean? And then it's like, you see, all of a sudden, all these influencers have got, like, this certain product and yeah. it's like... Mm. So if it's more of a it's... campaign that is, like, you know, an ongoing campaign where mm-hmm. the brand works with the influencer consistently and it's on brand for that creator and you know that it really aligns with their values, their personality, then mm-hmm. it feels more authentic, doesn't yeah. it? I know what you mean. Yeah. And it's kind of like if you're seeing everywhere the same product be, mm. being promoted by, all like, sudden, your yeah. next-door neighbour and their dog and you're just like, <laughs> you can't all like this product. <laughs> yeah. It feels like, like yeah. a little like bit when like it can't be true. blanket approach. Yeah. Which I think is a good lesson for companies like if you are looking to do influencer mm. campaigns yeah. mm-hmm. not to just send the product to everyone or like give everybody a, a discount code even if it doesn't match their mm-hmm. channel like you really yeah. do want to be finding influencers that genuinely kind yeah. of align with the values of your organization or they've tried similar things before or they've spoke about it before on their youtube so you want to be doing the yeah. research mm-hmm. into these influencers or micro influencers mm-hmm. if it's smaller smaller people yeah and and making that connection so that it yeah. feels yeah. a bit more authentic and we are seeing more authentic ads I think for me TikTok was the place that I was seeing that mm-hmm. um like that user generated content style ads where yeah. you kind of don't really know it's an ad until you like mm-hmm. really look and you're like oh, okay this yeah. is this yeah is, they're being paid for this yeah yeah I think it is interesting because when you think of influencers you think oh like they've just been like paid for it obviously there's like gifted and all that mm. sort of thing but 
when you think of a company working with an influencer, it might be that they have someone behind the scenes that, you know, figures all that out, or it could just be someone just like, it's their full-time job to do everything, you know, Mm -hmm. we never know with different companies. But what I think is really interesting is how people choose influencers because I think relevancy, like you said, Martha, is so important. But sometimes companies just go, oh, we've got like however however much, we've got like a million to spend mm. on this influencer campaign. Let's just send it to the biggest influencers. Yeah. But it might not be relevant. Like, yeah. you know, Molly May is an amazing influencer and she is great at mm-hmm. influencing and doing whatever she does. But if she, if her audience aren't your target audience, then there's yeah. no point in throwing money at her. Yeah. Okay, maybe she has however many millions of followers on across social media. But if you're a like a construction company or you're something that isn't necessarily related mm-hmm. at all to her, then it's not gonna it's not gonna relate, is yeah. it? And I think yeah. that's the problem that influencers do. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, and and fair enough, if influencing is your job, you just take any job that you can get sometimes and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But as a brand and as marketers doing the research into influencers, I sometimes think micro influencers is better than yeah. the kind of macro. Because yeah. okay, if you want to go with like a Molly May with however many millions of followers on Instagram or maybe you've got someone who's like a micro-influencer they've only got maybe like 10,000 followers but it's like really niche into what you do and what you offer as a business I think that's better and money better well spent for for me and it depends on the objectives as Mm -hmm. well right because if you just want like you just want that pure reach like Mm -hmm. just people to know who you are but actually if you want people to like invest in the product or service that you're offering then you're going to go for that smaller group of people who are much Mm -hmm. more likely to sign up or or convert in some way Mm -hmm. it is that quality over quantity kind of Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. isn't it interesting question as a consumer, are you more likely to purchase products from ads if they're less expensive or more expensive? Because mm, you know some influencers, they do um, ads for products that are hundreds, sometimes mm. thousands. Yeah. And there are other influencers who do ads for things that are like a couple of quid. For example, I'm thinking like Collection Lasting Perfection Concealer. Yeah. Back yeah. in the day, it was mm-hmm. four quid. Or even Mrs. Hinch, who promotes like, you know, cloths and sponges yeah. and things from B&M that yeah. are a couple of quid. Are you more likely to purchase? I think the- it's a difficult one. I think for me, I think, and probably generally speaking for most people, you're more likely to kind of impulse buy something that's less expensive anyway, mm-hmm. aren't you? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and if it's promoted. I feel like for me, and again, this might just be me personally, but something like higher ticket, like higher price, I will probably spend at least three, four months just like mulling it over in my head because I'm yeah. so indecisive when it comes mm-hmm. to like parting with big amounts of money. And I'd probably be, I'd probably say it depends on the influencer because mm-hmm. I'm very much like friends and family and like people I know's reviews of things matter so much to me like yeah. I will go out and buy an air fryer or something because <laughs> someone I know one of my friends has like changed my life and I'm influenced by that a lot mm-hmm. so if the influencer was someone who I like really valued and I consume their content all the time anyway and I was like no I I know I am so similar to you and I saw them in like a friend kind of way yeah maybe and it might help my decision to buy that more expensive thing mm-hmm. but I don't think I'd just do it off the back of like, like from that scratch. collaboration yeah no yeah so I think the the place that kind of like it, it's a food stuff for me mm. like influencers who promote like foods like not necessarily like HelloFresh because I know that people do stuff with them all the time and they're like I, I've used HelloFresh before and yeah. I do actually like using that mm-hmm. but more kind of like the meal prep things I watch a YouTuber that does a lot with like muscle food and stuff but it's really strange because she's not a 
like a Gymshark type of athletic sort of person. Mm -hmm. She's more on like the body positivity side Mm -hmm. of things, which is great, but it's odd because it's like, I know that you don't eat this every day. Like, where why are you promoting it and it's almost like the weeks that she's eating it because she's promoting muscle food and the weeks that it's like it's on camera and blah blah and then the weeks that she's not it's like you can tell that she's not and mm. she's like you know on his stories like eating out and like do all these different things and I think for me it's not very genuine so I look at that and I think I understand the sentiment but maybe it's that whole like influencer brand partnership again like yeah. has it actually been kind of like thought matched of, up, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, and for me, actually, like when I think about that question myself, I'm much more likely to go out and purchase inexpensive products. Mm. But yeah. when it comes to informing myself, not necessarily making um, like a big purchase, but like the Dyson Air app, for example, mm. I wouldn't be influ- influenced to go out and buy that from mm. an ad. But I use influencers to like make my decision in terms of getting all that information I love seeing reviews Mm -hmm. especially with like the sky glass they do big um campaigns with like big influencers and I love hearing information about like how that tv works Mm -hmm. and like how these products work I like seeing the information side of things as Mm -hmm. ads from influencer not just the buy 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 but like this is how you use the product or this is what yeah do you know what I mean yeah I think for me I'm a lot like you, Amy, like, I'm like, impulse buy, yeah, probably, like... TikTok shop. Yeah, TikTok shop. <laughs> TikTok oh shop, yeah. Uh, my bank balance, <laughs> it's so, It is so bad, but that's, like, again, that's, like, an impulse buy, like, an mm. influence being, like, you can't get this offer anywhere else, and I, like... I was just said before lies. I'm like on TikTok. I'm like, okay, take my money. I'll take my money. But um, yeah, it is so interesting. So speaking of like influencer marketing, then is there any campaigns, any like brand campaigns that you spring to mind and like that was mm-hmm. like the best campaign I've ever seen or like really mm-hmm. successful one? An example for me of a kind of an influencer. It's not really necessarily a campaign because it's like an ongoing kind of program, but I really like the Gymshark athlete mm-hmm. kind of program that they run. And mm-hmm. again, like I mentioned before, like I first got into consuming content from influencer type people on YouTube that were like, you know, like Grace Fit UK or whoever, like taking their vlog camera to the gym and just filming their workouts and stuff. And the majority of the athletes that they have have actually started out on their own building their own kind of reputation as like a fitness vlogger or influencer or whatever. And then Gymshark have kind of onboarded them because they want, they, you know, fully align with what they do and they want to kind of bring them and their community into kind of the Gymshark community. And, you know, the range of athletes that they have is really inclusive. And I feel like the way that it's kind of integrated into those influencers' content feels really authentic and I really like consuming Mm. it. So personally, I think that's a programme that really works. And again, it's like what we came, you know, we were saying before about the the long game of like the long-term partnerships that feel genuine versus like the one-off ads that just don't add up. Yeah. So yeah. I, I like that type of thing personally. Yeah. I like lounge stuff as well. Ooh, the yeah. underwear brand. Yeah. I think they're great. They're similar to kind of Gymshark yeah. where I don't know if they do now have like ambassadors or something, but they do work quite kind of more long term. And I think that's yeah. ultimately where it's going, isn't it? You know, we're talking about authentic content, mm-hmm. but if you're just producing kind of one ad and that's it and it's a here and gone in, you know, in one post, you're never going to create that. And when we're thinking about touch points, I know Amy, you 
you said before, it takes you a few months to purchase something. Mm -hmm. I'm the same. I know we probably all are for, even for sometimes cheaper stuff, uh, maybe not the £2, £3 stuff, but, (laughs) you know, yeah, (laughs) not TikTok shop, but maybe, you know, like £20, £30, not something that you're going to necessarily like purchase straight away. And it's almost about if you're working with an influencer consistently and they're touching their audience, like touch points with their audience, not to sound strange, but they're touching... (laughs) put with their audience like consistently you're going to see it more Mm. in an authentic way and then it's going to kind of create a better Mm. relationship with the product as well and you know as you said Martha how they actually use it like what how how it is in their daily life and And just getting it into people's heads as well because then even if I'm not going to purchase it and a family or friend asks me to recommend something, mm. I'm, I'm just going to recommend that. I don't yeah. know if I should because I wouldn't have used the product. But mm. part of me is like, okay, well, this this feels legit. Like I yeah. know I've heard about this. I know this is good. And I'm more likely to recommend it and somebody else is then going to buy it. So they might not be getting my, like yeah. me as a customer, mm-hmm. but they are yeah. getting someone from that. It's funny how it's not maybe always direct, but it does, mm-hmm. it does pay off. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what's interesting and I want to bring up was like Love Island partnerships and influencer mm-hmm. deals mm-hmm. because I think that's quite like relevant. Yeah. And I know we were talking about before. So obviously when people leave Love Island, typically they get like, at least one partnership if not you know multiple which is crazy in itself I know and how that system has kind of like created itself and this year people were even guessing like the the (laughs) partnerships that were going to come out yeah like trying to match people with brands it's crazy it is it is and I think you know almost like that's a game of oh Mm. who's going to pair up with this brand and who's going to pair up with that brand and I think obviously Molly May was probably one of the like the pioneers in that Mm -hmm. you know space with the influencers and like PLT and all that sort of thing doing something that's like a little bit different Mm -hmm. but what I thought was interesting with this year's Love Island stuff so obviously Gemma Owen came out with a partnership with PLT what was everyone's thoughts on that? Well Obviously, I like we all saw all the stuff on LinkedIn. Mm. It was just a bit, just felt so random. Yeah. And I think that was the thing, like no one, no one kind of guessed it because obviously Gemma was like this, like she was like wearing like luxury like jewelry and stuff, and it was just like I think everyone was just a bit confused, weren't mm-hmm. they? I don't yeah. know about you guys. I think the general sentiment on like Twitter and stuff as well was that everybody was really rooting for India for a partnership yeah. with yeah. PLT. So yeah. it was it felt even more kind of controversial because it was sort of like the public are telling you who they want. So yeah. that kind of felt weird. Obviously, I know P- um, India then did actually announce a partnership mm-hmm. with PLT Marketplace, which yeah. people were really like pleased about, and they felt like that was a good fit. But it, it just felt like quite a jarring collaboration, mm. didn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And to be fair, I don't think I actually picked up on it until other people started talking about it. Like until mm. the media got a hold of it. And then mm. like there was a few headlines. That's only when I started hearing about it because, you know, they were like, I don't know, you've probably got like people on a team at some kind of magazine where they're like scouting what she was wearing and finding how yeah. much those products yeah. cost on the show and then comparing it to to what she's coming out. But I, that's that's the only time that I kind of noticed it. I think I just thought, oh, Love Island, PLC, fair enough. That yeah. probably sounds right. But actually mm, it's so yeah. true when people started mentioning it, it was like, hmm, that's, you know, you've got, you're yeah. wearing quite expensive items. Maybe that doesn't. 
come yeah. on. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was so strange was that this year's like clothes, they were like eBay. Mm. Because that was something that came out ages ago. It mm. feels like a distant memory now. But when they first came out with a new series of Love Island, they were like, this year, like eBay's going to supply all the clothes and like they're moving away from that like fast yeah. fashion and stuff like that. Yeah. And I know Tasha, she actually got a, a deal with eBay and yeah, she's doing she's some like really good stuff. Yeah. 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 But I thought it was just so strange. But then now it's came out recently that Gemma's got a deal with the Abbott Lion which is like a luxury jewellery brand which is so much more fitting and I've seen so many people talking about it Mm -hmm. and saying it's fitting and it goes back down if anyone takes anything away from this episode today it should be relevancy is key (laughs) because I think it's so true you know you can't expect to have an influencer and a brand work together if it's not relevant Mm -hmm. and even the Love Island stuff Obviously, India with PLT Marketplace makes sense. Gemma yeah. Owen with um, Abbott Lion makes sense. But it's almost kind of like, how do you make sure that that works? Because especially if you think, you wouldn't think all the time, oh, my products would fit this influencer. Maybe if it's beauty or fashion or it's something like really like kind of just straight and narrow it is what it is but if you're a brand who maybe wants to do influencer marketing maybe like b2b kind of thing or i don't know construction i'm going back to construction i don't know why um something like you know just a bit out of the ordinary but you want to do influencer marketing i wonder how it could be done do we think that b2b it's possible for influencer marketing to work in like in a b2b setting i know we have a lot of our community that kind of work in that b2b field I'm not sure. Yeah, I think so. I think, first of all, like the kind of B2C side of things like construction and stuff like that, like I definitely think in terms of like um, a B2C setting, it's about finding your niches and Mm. it's finding like influencers who are like home types of people. I think B2B, it's a bit trickier and I'd probably say, I don't know whether you'd necessarily call it be whether you'd necessarily call it influencer marketing or if it'd be kind of more on like the partnership side or like working with kind of industry thought leaders Mm. on kind of partnering with them on even if it was kind of getting a thought leader in your industry to kind of help you with like developing your new product or something Mm. and then creating it in kind of collaboration with someone who was well respected in the industry that would make it kind of I don't know, maybe seem a little bit more legit in a B2B mm. setting for other businesses to purchase yeah. your products because it's got the backing of someone that they trust. So it might just look a bit different or, you know, have them along at events or have them kind of, you know, kind of attend things on behalf of your company or whatever it might be. I think it definitely would look different and it wouldn't be influencer in the sense that, yeah. we know, like, you know, purchasing things on like, you know, TikTok shop or whatever it might be. But I think it definitely can work. It's just probably like anything with B2B, there's a slightly longer and different kind of process for it. But I do think the partnership side of stuff definitely can be a huge success. Yeah, and it definitely feels like, yeah, partnership is the key word, like Mm. that co-marketing. And I imagine B2B, there's probably less of that like financial transaction where you're paying for an ad and Mm -hmm. it's more of a collaborative Mm. um, project in a way that works for B2B much better than, yeah, that financial transaction yeah yeah right that marks the end of another great episode we really hope you enjoyed tuning in today and if you did please share with your friends rate us on apple Podcasts, follow us on spotify and watch the video version on youtube we've got so many exciting things coming so we really love for you to get involved see you soon